This is a Dude Studios production. And hey, I'm the Dude. Hey everybody, this episode of Hey Bartender Podcast, we are going to be talking about bartender quirks and eccentricities. We all have them. We're also going to be listening to a single from the band The Classic Crime. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Hey Bartender Podcast. I am your bartender for the evening. You can call me Anthony or you can call me Dude. Just call me whatever you want, depending on how well you know me. It's all what it comes down to, people. Anyway, welcome to the show. Today we're going to be talking a little bit about bartender eccentricities, our OCD, if you will. And we're also going to be hearing a new single from the band The Classic Crime. So you want to stick around for that till the end of the show. But we got to start off the show, of course, with the drink special. Now, when I thought up this drink special, it uh, just all of a sudden dawned on me. I, I'm not sure which came before uh, was the idea for this uh, podcast, uh, meaning talking about our uh, quirks and stuff like that that we have to have behind our bar, or this drink special that came up. I was uh, uh, surfing around on social media. And I came across a post done by the great Mike Rowe, you know, the host of uh, Dirty Jobs, Copyright Discovery Channel. And uh, he uh, was given a card by uh, another customer that was also in the bar. Who he, he, I guess he noticed that the customer gave the bartender a card for a drink called the Clint. Now, I'm going to tell you about the drink first, and then I'm going to go off about the card. The, how the Clint goes, it's two shots Campari, one shot vodka, a slice of orange filled with soda water in a tall glass with ice. Now, bartenders, uh, you heard me say the, uh, the customer handed the bartender a card on how to make his drink. Now, if you go by the customer's uh, point of view, you, you'd sit there and think that they had that card made specifically so that when they go into a bar, any bar, whatever bar, that their drink gets made the way they like, though exactly the way they feel it should be made. And But when a bartender receives this thing, let's all admit it, we all get pissed off. You know, it's, you had to hand me a card to make your order at... Uh, what is this shit? You think I'm not a good bartender? You think I don't know this drink? Actually, I didn't know how to make the Clint. So, you know, but, uh, you know, it's probably something named something else too. You know, because like I've said before on other podcasts, there's 200 drinks made 200 different ways uh, with 200 different names. Try to figure out the math on that. And uh, so, but this has been coming up quite a bit. Uh, customers coming in, they have the audacity, they have the obsessive compulsiveness to make sure that their drink is served exactly the way they think it should be made, that they actually spent money to get it printed on a card to hand it to the bartender. They no longer want to tell the bartender on how to make the drink. They just hand the bartender the card and say, make it like that. 
Now, some of you bartenders out there are probably sitting back thinking, well, I enjoy receiving the card. That way I give the, the customer exactly what they want and they can, uh, they'll get exactly what they want. And I've got a customer for life. No, odds are you don't have a customer for life is because that if they had to give it to you at that point in time, that means they're a traveler. They're going from bar to bar. And if they were a good customer, they wouldn't have to hand you a card on how to make their drink. Oh, goddamn phone calls. I'm going to decline that. I'm not even going to edit this from the, uh, the podcast because getting a phone call during my podcast, especially from Bill Collector, God, that pisses me off. I should have turned my phone off. But when you got uh, all, everything, your computer, your phone and your watch are all the same manufacturer and they're all joined together, it's kind of tough. Wow. Didn't expect to go into that. Anyway, what was I talking about? Ah, yes. Customers with the card. Yeah. Uh, you got your customer that has the uh, obsessive compulsive disorder of having the perfect drink. So, but if they have to hand you a card, they're not going to be your regular. Maybe they will eventually, but they aren't now. And uh, because when, when people... Uh, ha- have a particular mixed drink that they particularly like, uh, they go to that specific bartender that makes the drink that they like, or they go to that specific bar to get that particular service that they like. Now, I'm, uh, I'll even go as far as to a customer once apologized to a bartender for not coming into uh, another person, uh, their regular bartender's bar as often because the bartender at the other bar across the way spoke sign language. Yeah. And the customers were deaf and they greatly, greatly appreciated that she knew sign language and she knew sign language because her son uh, had hearing problems. And so when these people came in and saw that she knows how uh, she knew how to use, uh, use sign language and could take their order, it was uh, refreshing for them. And it was nice. So it was relaxing. So so they, they thought, okay, this is the customer service I want. But uh, you also have those customers that uh, I think it felt like it, at least from time to time, that they liked coming into the bar constantly to berate uh, the servers. And until they met that one server or bartender that just tossed it right back in their face. And then all of a sudden they're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. This is, this is my kind of bar. They sat in that bar for actually six months to berate pretty much anybody that came their direction until one person walked up and said, blow it out your ass. And all of a sudden they were happy. And it's that, it's that kind of schizophrenia from a customer that really gets me sometimes. But, Nonetheless, on with the show. So what I came here to talk about today was to talk about uh, some of the little quirks that us bartenders and servers might have. Uh, at least I'm going to go off on mostly on my own. If any of you guys have anything that you would like to add to this conversation, please feel free to email me. Do it at heybartenderpodcast.com. I'd love to hear uh, some of your little quirks and eccentricities that could uh, turn your uh, bar shift uh, from awesome to shitty 
at a, a second's notice. I mean, you even to the point, starting from the part where you walk in the door and all of a sudden you hear about something or see something out of the corner of your eye and your night's fucked. That, so, but anyway, let's start at the beginning of, uh, beginning of the shift. I'm going to talk about myself and uh, a couple of my good friends. Now, uh, the beginning of the shift, I wander in and most of the time I didn't have to deal with a till uh, or setting up a till or starting up till because the till pretty much uh, most all the bars that I worked at, all the tills were run exactly uh, through all the uh, bartenders and servers at first. Now, when I worked at Boston's uh, after a year or two of working at Boston's, it was all one till until they developed a point of sale system. And then, uh, then we got our own tills. But when I, the, uh, when I worked at the, uh, hotel, uh, the next bar I worked at the bar after that, um, well, when I worked at the hotel, I had to get my own till together. And so that was mine. You know, I set up my way and I turn it in. Uh, I count, uh, and they count out all the money, uh, to make sure that my liquor is exactly, uh, you know, uh, you know, they, they were those people that, uh, looked at the bottle and says, it looks like he used three shots. So he should have charged them this much money. Ugh, okay. Just talking about that brought back a whole bunch of memories. Excuse me. I got to punch something for a minute. I can't believe this just. Anyway, they count out the money and they gauge how much was left in the bottles and then, uh, uh, you know, base that on my sales for the day. So that uh, that wasn't too hard to deal with. When I worked at uh, uh, the next bar I worked at, the till was pretty much used all day. Uh, the servers had their own banks, but the bartenders uh, had the point of sale system up front. We never really had to deal with uh, any of the, any of the countdown or anything like that. But when I got to Boston's pub and grill, the point of sale system, once again, it was just a register. There was no, uh, computer yet, but, uh, it was just one register. And then we had to count it out at the end of the night and make sure there was enough money, uh, for the starter shift the next morning. Now, when it came to, uh, getting the point of sale system, uh, the, we started off with our own tills and, uh, you know, it was those things. Now I saw this on Facebook just recently, a bartender posted a picture where somebody put $1 bills on the right hand side and 500 bill, uh, $5 bills, sorry, $5 bills, uh, on the very left hand side, nothing in the middle. And that sort of thing can trigger a bartender's OCD. Why the hell is there so much space between the fives and ones? And so, but that's an easy fix, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Move the fives and just, you know, then everything is once again, peaceful in the world. You start your shift. Okay. Okay. That was just a minor little setback thing here. Okay. So we go over and we take a look at uh, take a look at the situation. Okay, how are we 
doing on bottles? How are we doing? Oh my God, there's only six glasses left. Where's our dishwasher? And we run back and see that the dishwasher had a really bad lunch rush and he's trying to keep up as much as he can. And in my particular bars, I didn't have a glass or a washing machine behind my bar, except at the bar that had the least amount of business ever. Um, I had a, my own glass washer behind the bar, but, uh, at the busier bars that I've ever worked at, I didn't have one. So, you know, you run back and you, uh, you sit back and think maybe I should help them out a little bit, but I got customers building up at the bar. So you say, Hey, can you get, can you run through those, uh, glasses before you th- throw those dishes in preach and you run back to the bar and okay. They're a little crisis. You've only got six cold glasses left. And no matter when he finishes, he could finish in the next 10, 15 seconds. Uh, those glasses are going to be warm just because they just came out of the dishwasher and they've been in the walk-in closet or wherever you store your pint glasses for a grand total of 30 seconds. And so they will still be steaming once you take them out of wherever it is you put your glassware. And so you got to do that thing where you grab the glass, you toss it in the ice, circle it around uh, a little bit, try to cool down the ice, uh, cool down the pounder glass so the guy doesn't end up with a warm beer. But after a while, you got to hand it to your dishwasher. He get, uh, gets everything caught up. He's all good to go. And you got uh, your glassware stocked back up again. And, you know, maybe 15, 20 minutes later, you got a good system of glassware that's reasonably cooled down enough where the customer doesn't automatically have a warm beer. And, you know, hopefully you get a bunch of customers that want mixed drinks you know, even if it's just a uh, liquor in a mixer, you can you can get by and give the dishwasher a little bit more time to do their job and help you out. Because let's face it, the dishwashers are the people that save your ass. Come on, I mean, sure you have good dishwashers, bad dishwashers, but the dishwashers that I used to work with, those guys saved my ass because one guy in particular, he actually. His job wasn't to clear the tables. That was my job. But every once in a while, like, say, pool nights, I would get completely slammed behind the bar, slinging drinks like a madman, taking orders, taking out food. And uh, he realized, oh, uh, I haven't done anything in for a few minutes. I'm going to go out and take a look at what, how the floor looks. And he'd go out there and start clearing tables. He would start picking up glassware. Boy, was he a lifesaver. And, you know, I understood uh, his, I understood what he was going through because back, uh, way back before I was a bartender, I was a dishwasher at a restaurant and to keep up with all the dishes that are coming in constantly and then run up and have to get the tub of dishes from the bar, tub of dishes from the bus station. This, that act, people actually had to say to me, uh, hey, can you go grab the dishes from bus station two or go grab the uh, dishes from the bar? Because we're getting overloaded here. And, and I would completely forget because I would get in the zone of just doing the dishes. I thought every once in a while that there would be a lull when it came to doing dishes. No, it's just a constant, constant. Oh, just you're constantly getting thrown dishes. And this guy was cool enough to remember, you know, he's just like, oh, I'm caught up. 
that's not a good thing. So he'd go out and clear tables, wipe them down. I never had to ask the guy. He just did it. He was awesome. And so he was always on top of it. But when you start off the shift and realize that you only have maybe six cold glasses to start, that can freak you out. And so that's what you do. You uh, you make, you either make the day side server stick around for an extra 15 minutes to clear off all the tables that they didn't, or you uh, ask uh, the dishwasher nicely, please ask the dishwasher nicely because they are a very important part of the restaurant to go out and help you. And everything's cool until you get a little bit later in the night. You open up your fruit tray and, you know, you've been serving 10, 15 customers and all of a sudden you realize, oh, I'm out of lemons. Well, I'll just open up the walk-in closet. Nobody cut any lemons. Shit. And that can ruin your whole fucking night. And so you have to bring out five or six lemons and get the knife out, get the cutting board out and start cutting them the way that everybody accepts them to be cut. cut. And some bartenders are different. Now... Uh, I was the type of one that would do the sunrise, you know, the half lemon thing. And, but if there were other bartenders that I've met in my past, that if you didn't cut them into, uh, I don't know, triangles was what you would call them or something like that. Uh, if you did, if you didn't cut them, uh, lengthwise to the lemon, they would freak out. And said, no, that's not the way you cut a lemon. No, that is actually how the way you cut a lemon. This and uh, unless you're pouring a specific drink, the ninety nine point five percent of the time you need lemons that are like the sunrise. But okay, some of you bartenders might be yelling at your iPad or i uh, whatever uh, your radio, whatever you're listening to this podcast on right now. This is the way you cut it. But when you're in a bind, when you're in a uh, working in a high service environment come on let's admit it the the sunset cut is what i've just now decided to call it of a, a lemon that is the one that you use the most so uh so you've got to start cutting lemons you might get two or three lemons into your uh fruit tray and you shove a couple ec- uh, extra into the uh, into the walk-in uh, free walk-in refrigerator. Okay, that probably took up some of your day, and you're probably a little pissed that the day side didn't do their side work the, the way that they should have. And but you know, hey, it's all good. We want to uh, have a good, happy bar. So anyway, after a while, after I get uh, things started, uh, and then I come into a little bit of a low period. Uh, you know, just. Uh, happy hour just finished and everybody's uh, about to rotate from the happy hour crowd to the late night crowd. And, uh, you know, one thing that uh, one particular restaurant that I worked at every uh, at the beginning of every shift, they had a box with envelope, you know, a mailbox with envelopes in it that had your name on it. And inside that envelope was supposed to be the bar for in case in the case of the bartenders that was our charge tips so you go over there you get the envelope you pull the money out that was your charge tips from the night before so so you start off your day with money which was always a good feeling 
But every once in a while, the bar owner of that particular restaurant would leave you a note of something you did wrong. And uh, depending on your mood that day, that can completely fuck up your day. Trust me. And the most popular note, uh, the uh, one that I think about the uh, think about the most is when uh, all of a sudden uh, I open up and see grab my money and there's a note in there and I see on the note you left a glass behind the poker machine uh, and we knocked it over when we were getting the money out of the machines this morning. Uh, make sure you clean the bar properly uh, when you before you leave. Now, okay, first and foremost, the uh, poker poker area in that particular restaurant was hidden behind a wall, not very well lit area. And sure, every, once in a while, and people sit there, buy their, uh, drink their drinks. Anybody who's been into a casino, you know that you put your drink in between the machines because the machines are sitting on, uh, you know, foot and a half blocks. And so that's where you rest your drink and put the ashtray. Well, at least back when you could smoke in a bar, that's where the ashtray was and all that stuff. And it was easily dismissible because it was dark back there and you're in a hurry. So you just go back there, whatever glasses you see, you grab, grab all the dirty ashtrays, replace them with new ashtrays, and then you're on your way. But when you're that one particular machine that's up against the wall, like I said, not very well lit, towards the the back of the machine, you couldn't see it. And so I would, you know, try to try to tell them, you know, maybe you should make it be, well, uh, better lit back there or maybe uh, put something there so that people can't put their drinks there because uh, I can't see it. And... Uh, whenever I complained to that particular manager, I, I'm pretty sure he was afraid of confrontation. Uh, and he, that's why he wrote notes and, you know, I'll just write a note and I, you know, don't have to talk to whoever it is that I'm, uh, lecturing right now. Made me wonder what his home life was like. And it's, uh, it's like you forgot to put, uh, you didn't tighten the, uh, lid on the milk tight enough or uh you didn't replace the toilet paper roll and they put a post-it on their kid's wall or something like that i don't um maybe even left a note for himself to buy more post-its one of those managers very animal retentive but so the night before you left a glass out and that ruined their morning so of course that you ruined their morning so they got to ruin your uh the start of your shift by uh warning you for leaving one glass out and that caused them to knock it over when they were opening up the poker machines. Okay. Deep breath people. All right. It's just a note. It's no big deal. Just say you're sorry. And we all move on with our day. We move on to just keeping up with the customers. Now, keeping up with the customers, that's not something that can, uh, well, if, unless you're extremely, and I mean, extremely, anal retentive you run your you can uh run yourself ragged just keeping up with them because it's well you know let's say you're in a bar that was like mine it's got pool tables and a bunch of tables buddy bars 
and you got to run your ass off. Make sure those ashtrays back when you could smoke are empty. Make sure that the pool cues are put back where they belong on the wall. And, uh, you know, make sure everything's clean, wiped down, serve some more drinks, run back out, clean, wipe down, bring glassware in. And that uh, can really run you ragged. And then all of a sudden you realize I'm tired. I, I just got to sit down for a second. But uh, let's face it. Bartenders, uh, at least all the bars that I have, uh, I've ever worked at, you don't really ever get a traditional break. It's not like uh, some, uh, so I'm sure some restaurants out there, they do take their servers off the floor for a traditional 15 minute break every now and then 10, 15 minutes. But uh, when you're working in a mom and pop restaurant, you kind of take breaks as they come. And so you can't, you don't ever really sit down. You just keep standing there. You keep slinging drinks. Talking to the customer is probably your, what could center, uh, what people would consider to be your break when really it's not a break. You're still working. You're still trying to entertain. And not to mention, uh, like I said, back, uh, back in the day when you could smoke in a bar, when you grab your smoke, you just grab your smoke when you can. You uh, run into the, in my case, the boss's office, uh, smoke your cigarette or, you know, somewhere off the bar. But then you get back to the bar. Ooh, we've just run into another obsessive compulsive moment in a bartender's life. Okay, some of you uh, listeners might follow me on Facebook. You might see some of my posts on the Fraternal Order of Bartenders. But I actually posted on Facebook just recently maybe a couple weeks ago, as of the time that I recorded this podcast, uh, when I was sitting inside a bar and the bartender was going off about all the strange and amazing things that she would find in her bra uh, when she got home at the end of her shift. She'd find stray money. She'd find her lighter. She'd find uh, notes. She'd, you know, a bunch of stuff. And my question was, does this really happen? I mean, think about the convenience. Guys can't do that. And it actually upset quite a few people. Uh, there's, there's saying, ooh, that bartender is gross. She, nah, nah, and, uh, she, she's dirty. She's unsanitary. If I saw a bartender doing that or heard her talk about that, I would never eat there again because that, that's just disgusting. Okay. Put the, putting that aside. Let's sit back and think about this for a second. As a bartender, when you're behind the bar, yes, you deal with the customer's food. You deal with the customer's drinks. And how often are you without a bucket of sanitizer with a bunch of rags in it? Think about that. Now, there, now when I was working, I always had a rag sitting on the bar somewhere. It was always within hand's reach. And, you know, I wasn't the sloppy kind of bartender that would have uh, rags everywhere. No, there was always one or two. And uh, after I would serve a bunch of drinks or uh, after I'd have a cigarette or after I'd cut fruit, first thing I do, grab that, uh, grab that rag, wipe my hands with it and then say, what can I get you? A lot of bartenders, I mean, you even see it in fake bartenders on TV. They've got that bar rag 
and you see them well you don't i never did this because there's no point into it i there's uh i got a dishwasher uh and i don't just mean the guy behind i mean the machine itself i don't mean the guy that was washing the dishes and uh, you'd see the bartender wiping the glass with the rag and then throw it over his shoulder or uh you know you watch cheers and you'd see Sam wiping his hands with the rag and then throw it over his shoulder. Some servers you'd see throw it in their back pocket. Bartenders fold it up, put it uh, put it on the bar. I guarantee you, if you're sitting at a bar and you look behind the bar, there is a sanitized rag somewhere. And if you pay attention, take notes, they are using it on their own hands quite a bit. And if you're a bartender that's listening to this, pay attention to yourself. You're using that a lot. And, uh, you know, I can't really make, uh, I'm not, I'm not the type of guy that's going to sit there and make fun of women, um, at for, well, anything because they do their things. I do mine, you know, and when I was behind the bar, uh, my hands go in my pockets quite a bit and, you know, my pockets have had all sorts of crap in it uh, from all day. And, you know, I put my money in there. My keys have been in there. My change has been in there. Pack of cigarettes, a lighter. And, you know, uh, and not to mention that my pockets are uh, extremely close to my sweaty ball sack. So it's, uh, it's going to have something in my pockets. And, but, you know, I'm maybe standing behind the bar talking to a customer, having a casual conversation. My hands are in my pockets just because I have nowhere else to put them. And then all of a sudden somebody walks up and says, hey, can I get a course light? And, you know, they walk up to the bar and I'll grab the rag first thing without even thinking about it and start wiping my hands off and say, what can I get you? And they say, can I get a course light? And I just pour the drink and hand it to them. And then odds are, after I hand them the drink, I pick up the rag, wipe my hands with it, wipe the bar with it. And even though the bar was already clean, you know, it just, just, it just happened. It, you know, I didn't need to clean the bar, but as I'm talking to somebody, it just all of a sudden wiped that little spot. I don't, was it dirty? I don't remember anymore, but it needed to be wiped. That's all I can tell you. And yes, that rag did change quite a bit throughout my shift. And uh, one thing that at uh, Boston's that my daytime servers were always really, really awesome about was having a fresh bucket of sanitizer with rags in it at the, uh, at the beginning of my shift or, well, the bar didn't, the bar side didn't get used uh, really up until uh, four o'clock. And I mean, cause no, nobody does the two martini lunches anymore uh, unless they're really good, really good at hiding it. But, Beyond the point, people come in for lunch, they have iced tea, water, Coke, uh, and if they weren't there to have lunch, they play video poker and have iced tea, water, or Coke, because they got to get back to work. And so the, the bar didn't really get used a whole lot. And so, but there was always a fresh uh, bucket of sanitizer there. And it was, you know, it was obsessive compulsive disorder that after I serve a whole bunch of drinks, grab the rag, wipe my hands down, maybe wipe down the bar a little bit and, you know, change rags periodically. And that that's just the way it was. So, you know, all you people 
uh, if you're listening that freaked out on me about telling about this girl that uh, was telling her customers about all the strange and amazing things that she found in her bra at the end of her shift uh, and were obscenely disgusted about it. Think about it. You're a bartender. How often do you use that rag? I mean, you constantly use it, whether it's to wipe your hands, your odds are you're doing it without even thinking about it. And you used to wipe your hands. You used to wipe down the bar and you don't even know you're doing it. I bet you sometimes. But then that leads us to the end of the night. And, you know, the customers are uh, paying out their tabs and uh, you're picking up your glassware. You're uh, uh, wash, uh, wiping down tables and you're getting everything all set for the next morning. And you, uh, if you were like me, you left counting down the tills to the very last second or the very last thing that you do you count out the lottery till and then you count out the main tills that um that are used then you come up to once again the money ocd now how many bartenders out there feel free to put in your two cents on this sort of thing dude at heybartenderpodcast.com have to face your bills and uh at first, honestly, when I first started bartending, it wasn't a big deal to me until my boss started mentioning it. You got to face your bills. And I said, yeah, sure, no problem. Actually, he left a note for me, face the bills. And I was just like, hey, sure, no problem. So I started facing my bills, but then it became habitual. To, and then it became compulsive, obsessive. They've got to be faced. Even my tip money at the end of the night, I'd sit there and uh, going through all the singles and I got to put them in the right order, low bills to high bills, and then have George Washington or Lincoln facing the same way. You just got to do that sort of thing. It just, just becomes habitual. And so you're starting to count down the tills and like anybody, you got to leave enough change for the next shift. But when you're counting down your tills, you noticed in one of your tills, Somebody opened an entire roll of dimes and you count. And so you're sitting there looking at that giant pile and think, fuck, I got to count every single one of those. Ugh. They're small. They're, uh, you know, it's, it's just pain in the ass. Who the hell? And you're usually by this time in your, in your bar, you're by yourself. You got all the customers out. You got everything cleaned up. The lights are off. And then you're counting these tills and you see this huge pile of dimes and you just want to kill whoever opened that roll of dimes. And when you count down the till, you start having thoughts because, uh, what is, what is a roll of dimes? Uh, Oh, I'll do this. Um, but I'm not being, uh, paid to do this. I'm just doing this for fun. Uh, echo. How many coins are in a roll of dimes? Echo, stop. Okay, okay. So a roll of dimes uh, has 50 dimes and that makes five bucks. You got to count uh, at least, or uh, you're thinking at first, at most, $5 worth of dimes. But then you realize there's like $5.50 worth of dimes in there. And you start having thoughts that the server or 
uh, somebody else opened that roll of dimes because they thought, oh, there's only four or five dimes left. They're going to need this whole new roll. So I'll just pop that open real quick, dump that in there. No, you curse their existence because you have to count all of those fucking dimes or, or you know, quarters you, you don't get so upset about, but dimes, pennies, ugh, you want to kill them just because, it's, you know, that, that all the, and then you even yell as you're counting it out to nobody because there's nobody in your restaurant anymore. You're yelling, at, yelling out 21, 22, 23. And because you have to count all of those coins at the end of the night. And that is another pet peeve that we all have come on all of you can uh relate this relate to this with me and it's even worse when you have a server like me who uh is helping you clean up the bar on one of your busy nights of the week say a friday night and your uh your server me notices that you're counting out an obscene amount of coins just to write them down to, uh, to tell your boss that they're in the till and you're counting them up going 23, 24, 25, 26. And then your server walks up and starts going seven, 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 and forces you to leave, lose count and start completely over. Yeah. Yeah. I know it. It's, it's funny when it doesn't happen to you. Trust me. Of course, it's uh, not really as funny either when the bartender that you're the person counting down the till, you screw them up and then all of a sudden they decide to throw something at you and they happen to be in the kitchen and there's a lot of heavy stuff in the kitchen that can be thrown at you. Keep that in mind. When you're pulling a prank like that, make sure that there's nothing uh, extremely big or heavy that they can throw at you because they will throw something at you. Anyway, it's uh, about time to get to the musical guest, but first, let's hear a quick word from myself. Just want to remind you guys, if you want to get your hands on any Hey Bartender Podcast merchandise, head over to heybartenderpodcast.com, and you can find my blog, you can find some drink recipes, and pick yourself up a t-shirt. Help support the show by buying yourself a Hey Bartender Podcast t-shirt today. This week's musical guest on Hey Bartender Podcast comes from Seattle, Washington. From their album Patterns in the Static, here is the classic crime with Take the Moment.
from their album Patterns in the Static. That was the Classic Crime with their single Take the Moment. If you want to know more about the Classic Crime, you want to uh, find out where they're touring, find out more about their music, head on over to bandcamp.com or you can also head over to their website, theclassiccrime.com. You can also follow them on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. You can find their music on bandcamp.com and iTunes. Go check them out. Lastly, to sum up about this show about bartender eccentricities, yes, we have come to the point where everything is clean, everything's put away, and uh, you got uh, you get your jacket on, you're about to leave, and then you have to check yourself over, make sure you got everything before you walk out that door and it locks behind you. Do you have your wallet? Do you have your keys? Do you have your cell phone? And you just, you know, you pat down yourself all over your all over your pockets, make sure that everything is there with you. Uh, ladies have to make sure that they have their purse on them. And that in itself can be a little bit nerve-wracking. Be- well, just leaving the bar is nerve-wracking because, like I said, earlier that day, I got a note from the boss saying that I forgot to clean up all the glassware and didn't check behind the poker machine. So I checked the poker area maybe two or three times before I actually leave. And just to make sure that I improve myself on that little area, uh, uh, then check myself. Okay, here are my car keys. Here's my wallet. I got my jacket on. Okay, I think I'm ready to go. Am I ready to go? Did I cut enough lemons for the next day? I better go check, you know, walk all the way back behind the bar, look inside the walk-in freezer. Okay. Yeah. There's a full tub there for him. And then you uh, start to walk back out and then you think I better go check the poker area one more time, check the poker area. Okay. That's clear. And wait, did I turn off all the TVs? Go better go back and check that. Uh, Yep. All the TVs are off. And did I do this? Did I do that? And you can drive yourself crazy almost to the point where you realize that you've been standing around off the clock for 15 to 20 minutes trying to make sure that everything is squared away before you leave just so you don't get harassed the next morning when you show up. And, you know, and that especially when you're crooked. Yeah, I yeah, I said it when you're crooked. The uh, one of the bartenders I worked with, I was brand new at that bar. He uh, was training me and he forgot his the you back. Any of you remember back when uh, you used to take the face off your car stereo in order to and then put it in a box and stick it in your back pocket so your car stereo doesn't get stolen. He carried one with him. Of course, he had pot in it and he was selling weed behind the bar. They found out the next morning because he left the bar and left that case on top of the bar. And I, before I left, I saw him kind of looking around in the window, trying to figure out uh, uh, where is it? Oh shit. Uh, uh, Well, hopefully they don't open it when next morning he was an idiot. And, but uh, when you're close, when you're closing down and you're in groups, like on a Friday or Saturday night, and you had an extra bartender on shift, you had a server, on the floor and your uh and your dishwasher you all leave in one group you make sure everybody's finished for the night everything's squared away and you feel pretty comfortable but when like in my case i had a server uh that right as soon as the door went clank 
she'd go, oh my God, do I have my keys? And then she'd go searching through her purse and go, okay, I got them. And so it became a habit of mine. As soon as we were all done, everybody clocked out. Before we started to walk out the door, I would turn to her and go, got your keys? And then she, oh my God. And thanks for reminding me. And then she'd go into her purse and get her keys out before we start to head out the door. And I would say that every time I worked with her on a closing shift, just look at her and say, got your keys. And then she'd say the same thing. Oh my God. And then go into her purse. Okay, here they are. And uh, I, even when I stopped working at that bar and I was just hanging out and, you know, and just for old time's sake, I turned to her and I say, you got your keys. And she, Oh my God, I miss working with you. And it, it was just, habit i don't know maybe i thought of just being funny but uh it was the same damn thing every week but before we uh leave the bar okay we're all good we're all confident everything's cleaned up everything's put away there's um we're not going to get any notes the next morning uh right before we walk out the door we'd all say good night phil and then walk out the door some of you right now are maybe asking yourself who's phil and that's for another show anyway people so thanks for listening to hey bartender podcast i'd like to thank my intro music uh, uh laura hope and the arc tones thank you so much for allowing me so far to use your uh song uh dr bartender as my theme song thank you to the uh classic crime remember to go check out their uh, album and check out their single on itunes bandcamp.com go check out their website classic crime uh classiccrime.com all one word uh and i also would like to thank all the bartenders and servers that participated in any of the questions that i threw or postulations that i put out there on facebook i greatly appreciate it remember if you want to be a part of hey bartender podcast you want to be on the show or you want one of your drinks to be told by me on the show i will give you full credit for it just email me, dude at heybartenderpodcast.com. And, uh, you know, I would greatly appreciate that. You want to be on the show? Hell, I'd love to have a guest on the show. Uh, remember to check out www.heybartenderpodcast.com. It has links to the sh- uh, past shows, it has links to current shows. You can pick yourself uh, up a Hey Bartender Podcast t shirt and help support the show. And remember, follow us on Facebook, Hey Bartender Podcast, Instagram, Hey Bartender Podcast, Twitter, Hey Bartender PO1. And, you know, just like usual people, thank you for listening. And I hope you all have lots of love, lots of sex, lots of happiness. And don't take any shit from anyone. Good night. I felt so good, I had to blow up.